aka Padders, welcome to episode 436 of aka Pads Audio Audacity Podcast. This is the home, the chapel, the cheaple, the steeple of the pop culture pope, your boy over here, Peter A. DeLuca. I'm also known as throughout the, the wave of the internet, throughout the multiverse of the World Wide Web. They call me the eclectic one. They call me the world sketchbook champion. And I'm here, spicy taco, roast beef sandwich, for your entertainment and, well, hangout session. Because that's, <laughs> I feel like whenever uh, I talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe with anyone, which, that's today's episode. Today's episode is Shang-Chi from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, that obscure guy from the 70s that the uh, Marvel Max line couldn't even revive fully. That um, a lot of people pointed to and was like, hey, we need something for this guy. And a lot of people acted like that was a good idea. Now, this... This goes on for decades in the world of comics. This is no different than uh, the the rising fandom uh, being a vocal minority having some stroke because they get the attention and curve like completely derailing what what we would think an audience would want. There is there was nothing, no cry, nothing on the radar that ever said ever ever. That Shang-Chi should be a movie. Now, you can make the same argument with other characters. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's a freaking superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You can make the argument with Guardians of the Galaxy. You can make the argument with the Eternals. Uh, Moon Knight. It goes on and on. Uh, Anyone that tells you they read a good Moon Knight comic is maybe referring to a few modern-day gems, and that's about it, okay? Moon Knight, uh, overwhelmingly, is bad comic books. It just is. Uh, I'm not even sure if he had any good team-ups. So, we get Shang-Chi, and they... (laughs) I don't know if I should tell you. Should I tell you the plot of this movie? Look... I got, I got, there, there's so much to unpack sometimes with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is why sometimes I like doing multiple episodes on things. And, and look, look, long form conversation, okay? Long form conversation. You, you, you get rid of the Infinity Stones in Avengers Endgame that I just recently rewatched to no avail. Because that that movie literally falls off. The wheels fall off the wagon at a certain point when it comes to Endgame. It's not even close to the emotional impact of Infinity War. But it doesn't mean uh, like Endgame doesn't end on a high note. This movie ends on, on, on a high note. This movie... Is intricate and it's complex and it's 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 webbed. It's like intertwining because there's relationships within relationships within relationships. Some of these encounters in this movie, they're layered conflicts. Now, that makes the movie freaking awesome. This movie has amazing action sequences. I'm talking there. There's one where they're on a scaffolding, high above the city. There's a fight club 
sequence there's uh, uh an amazing boss sequence and then uh, at the end it's the warriors of virtue uh virtue like all over again so what is this movie this is a probably the best american-made kung fu movie ever next to the matrix right i mean matrix is less kung fu but it's definitely a kung fu movie Kill Bill's a kung fu movie, but it's, it, it, you know, like, it, it's split. But this movie's all in. It's all in on kung fu. Now, <laughs> does a kung fu movie belong in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? This idea, see, look, anecdotal here. Let's go anecdotal. That idea alone is really what everyone says to me when I talk to... Because everyone's seen Shang-Chi but me. Until now. Now I'm caught up. A lot of people just don't seem to be into this movie. There, There's... um, If you want to talk a little bit how we look at politics. There's no enthusiasm. <coughs> Excuse me. There's little enthusiasm for this movie. Why is that? Because I would say off of a branding standpoint, just off of a look, it doesn't take pass it doesn't pass the sniff test for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It really doesn't. A Black Widow flashback movie fits a lot better. And it's frustrating when you think of the possibilities even post endgame. With, with that, Steve Rogers thing, just oh, it's stupid and it annoys me when it comes to Endgame. It's just, uh, it, it, you know, it, there's so many unforgettable things that those sons of bitches did in, in, in Endgame. That's one of them. It, it, Steve, the Steve Rogers thing just makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. Because how did he even get on the bench? Wouldn't you see him walk on, on the bench? Like... Wouldn't you see him? Anyway. It doesn't pass the sniff test. And you can kind of say a very similar thing about Electra and Iron Fist. A lot of people say, but Pete, they're street level guys. They're street level. You like the Punisher? Just like the Punisher. No. No. <laughs> There's exceptions. You can argue that Black Widow is street level. You can argue that Nick Fury is street level. There's exceptions. Most of the Marvel street level characters don't work in a hierarchy when we have Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, and Captain America. It doesn't. So we have a fantastic movie here. Emotionally packed movie. A movie that Somehow, <laughs> can't let go. Of, uh, Iron the Iron Man movie. I mean, this this movie is a is a direct extension of Iron Man three. Ben Kingsley's all in this movie, and it's it's weird because we had a short movie. It wasn't it wasn't the consultant. Maybe maybe it was the one called the consultant. But they had a Marvel had a short film where. They reveal that the real Mandarin 
is coming after Ben Kingsley. So that's all you needed to know with that. Now, it's fun sometimes when they do these things. The Wong, the um, the Doctor Strange character, uh, I don't know what he's doing in this movie. He, he doesn't really fit. Did this movie need a little bit of a Nick Fury? Yeah, I think that's what all of these movies are missing. There, There's no membrane and the whole membrane the whole marvel cinematic universe was the use of the character of nick fury and later tony stark where which they used tony stark very much in the same exact way that they used nick fury so we you know like and it's it's tough because you get yourself a good movie and it it amplified by this this larger continuity that literally makes no freaking sense now because you can't have the 10 rings or they're more or less bracelets you can't have the 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 the, the 10 bracelets compete with the infinity stones and they have this whole like sequence at the end where it's 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 pinging something (laughs) It's, it's like okay your secret mystical bracelets that somehow are so vulnerable because the guy that had them for thousands of years is is just dead. So you, they're not invincible. P- the people that wield them are not invincible. I'll tell you this. You're invincible if you wield any Infinity Stone. You're invincible if you wield the Gauntlet. Good workaround, but the uh, if if you snap the universe dead or bring it back to life, you're you're going to pay a price. That's kind of cool, but I get it. You, you got to limit the use of it. You got you got to play it down. But in no way are the bracelets close to the Infinity Stones. It doesn't matter. Who cares? The bracelets or the rings, as they were in the comics, they were physical rings. It's a gimmick. They never quite landed. It was always weird. There was a reason why it, it just never became a thing in the in, in, in the Marvel comics. From the 60s on. The rings never became a thing because they're corny. So you make them bracelets and you, you boom, special effect the shit out of it. But it doesn't cool it up. Shang-Chi, the coolest part of him... His history in the comics is that he became a, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was like a black op. That's that's awesome. That's the Paul Galassi stuff. So, people, I recommend this movie as a really good American Kung Fu movie. Shout out to our director. Because, you know, like, I don't feel like people gave this guy enough credit. Who Who's our director? Destin Daniel Critton. DDC. <laughs> Who has, he's got lineage of making movies that double their money. Just Mercy, the, the, the Shack he was the writer for, The Glass Castle. Like, the, these movies make freaking money. The, look, Glass Castle, $9 million budget, $22 million box office. Okay, The Shack, the other movie that, uh, movie that he wrote. $20 million, $100 million. Okay. Let's look at Just Mercy. I, I think Mercy's 20 and 40, right? 25, 50. He doubles Shang-Chi. Here we go. Ready? 200 million, 430. 
come on, this guy doubles. He's a good choice to direct this movie. They get, they do source out amazing talent. I give him credit, not enough credit for for this. Uh, I think you know the guy understands emotional impact. He understands moments, uh, well weaved moments in this movie. Uh, could the movie have been longer or thing like stuff like that? Like put, 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 potentially. And the girl, his girl sidekick in this, she's so freaking funny. I love her. I would watch a movie just for her and the girl from Thor that showed up in um WandaVision. Put those two girls in the movie and you you, you got my uh <laughs> that's me geeking out, okay? But no, everyone, I wish I could say more, but this movie it's it's confusing because it's works in this tapestry, but if the movie was on its own, it would be it would be solid, it would be as good as a as a comic book adaptation, update, resurgence redux as something like blade you could put blade and shang chi side by side you really could but everyone i love you next episode is going to be episode one of this year's cinemas jingle all the way starring the one the great turbo mind arnold schwarzenegger let's go <laughs>